Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. Well, tonight we want to start a series uh, that we're going to be doing for the next couple of months. And I just want to get into this tonight. I'm so excited. I'm really, really pumped about what God's going to do here. Uh, when you read the Bible, especially the Old Testament, names mean something uh, about the person. So whatever the name is, it means something. They describe their character. They describe their personality or they describe something about them. You know, Jesus in Scripture called Simon, Simon, but then he called him Peter. And, and in the Greek, Peter means the rock. And so he was Simon, but when Jesus came on the scene, now he's called Peter. And, and there was a reason that Jesus did that. I don't know if you remember in Scripture, but Abram, after his encounter with God, God changed his name to Abraham. Now, Abram meant, Abram meant exalted father, and then he gave him the name Abraham, and Abraham meant father of multitudes. Yeah. And so I, I like when you really research the names, you're like, wow, that that's really attributes their name to something that described them. Jacob, after his encounter with God, his name was changed to Israel. And, and Jacob meant deceitful, grabber of the hill. We talked about Jacob this last spring. Uh, we were talking about heroes of the faith. And, and so Jacob was deceitful. He was always trying to get something that wasn't his. God changed his name to Israel, and Israel means one who prevails. I'd rather have Israel as a name than Jacob. Not, not that if your name's Jacob, that means that you're deceitful. But So we read the names, and they're changed based on them having a new future and a new outlook. Parents today, name their children. Some of you are trying to think of names right now. I'm looking at the front row. Anyway, they're trying to figure, okay, what are we going to name our baby? And you know, popular names uh, are something that everybody looks at. Well, what's, what's a popular name? And so they would name their, their baby after a popular name or maybe a movie star. Um, maybe you would name your child after someone in your family that you were really impressed with and wanted to carry on that name in your family. My mom named me, and, and my name means living in a meadow of ashes. <laughs> Field of ashes. I just want you to know my mom did not name me based on a field of ashes. She went and saw a movie called Gone with the Wind, and there was a really good-looking guy in there, and she wanted me to be him, so... Therefore, I got that name, not realizing that in a very short time, Ashley would not be a boy's name in our culture. And so mom didn't mean anything by that, but 
She got the good-looking part. So, I mean, that's all right. Now, I'm not making fun of the way we ascribe names, if you will, to our children um, or my mom doing that to me. N- names are powerful. And, and I want you to know that even though we may see it a little different than what I'm talking about Bible, names are still important. I mean, no parent names their child Hitler. What's your baby's name? Oh, this is Hitler. <laughs> Nobody. We're careful about the name that we give to our kids. And in Bible times, the name carried, a, just let's talk about what a name carried. It carried a purpose. A name carried a nature. A name carried authority. A name carried a character trait that they were believing would be who they were. Now, question today, do you know the names of God? I want to introduce tonight a series that we're going to be doing for a few weeks called The Names of God. And I think it's really important that we understand the names of God. Now, we, we will say all the time, well, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We'll talk about in the name of Jesus. But we don't study a lot of the Old Testament names of God. And I think it's important that we understand that God is in Scripture oftentimes referred to as God and Lord. And that in the English language is what we get. And in the New Testament, you get Jesus and sometimes you put some names associated with Jesus or the Holy Spirit, our counselor, but you wouldn't call him that. You would call him Holy Spirit. And, and so we ascribe traits to names, but we don't understand that in the Old Testament, God had a name that his people called him based on the situation they found themselves in. So the situation they would find themselves in, they would call upon the name of God that would deliver them or that would be their help in that situation. When God called Moses and he spoke to him at the burning bush, you're going to go back to Egypt. Well, Moses had a question. It's a good question. Well, when I get there, God, who am I supposed to tell him sent me? Well, you everybody remember what God said? He, he said, tell him, tell him. I am sent you. I, I am sent you. Exodus 3.14, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. You tell them I am. See, that name identified God. It, well, what are you in need of? Because I, I, I am going to be what you're in need of. And right now, they didn't even know all that they were in need of, but... God was going to be what they were in need of. Now, I, I want you to know for Moses, when God said, here's who I am, he didn't say, well, I'll be God. No, he answered what Moses needed based on his name. And I think that's important that as we study the names of God, this study should show you God literally has a name for every situation that you'll find yourself in in day-to-day life. We handed out a sheet of paper, and on this sheet of paper has 80-some names of God. And and I wanted you to have that because over the next few weeks, we're going to go over all 80 of them. 
No, I'm just kidding. That's why I wrote them out. We're going to do about 10 of them. But what I wanted to give you is a list that you could study and you could look at the definitions of the name and you could learn what they are. See, there's a name that identifies God and you'll get to know God in a way more personal way because you'll see his nature. You'll see his ability to respond to you in any situation that you find yourself in. And it's important that you understand that. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. Some translations say a strong tower. And the godly or the righteous run to him and are safe. Who is the godly? Who is the righteous? That'd be me. That'd be you. That's us. We're the ones in right standing. And so we run to him and we're safe. We run to him and we're safe. Well, who do we run to? We run to the name. The name that we are in need of for the situation we find ourselves in. And all of us find ourselves in situations. Psalms 111, 111 verse 9. He has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring or awesome name he has. What an awesome name he has. I don't think that we really see God the way that the early, early God followers saw God. They saw him based on what they were needing in their life, and he was that. And they depended on his name. They saw his name as awesome. They saw his name as protective. They saw his name as a character that described who they wanted and who they needed in their life. Psalm 8, Psalms 8 verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. His name's majestic. Now we have in our culture cheapened the name of God to a curse word. Nobody cusses and says, Jehovah Jireh. Because that name meant something that you couldn't take. By the way, you, you, you can't even cuss or curse or put a name against God in Hebrew. All his names point to him. So you, it's just an amazing thing. And so when you see all that God has done, you can understand in Psalms 8, verse 1, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Well, what name is that? Lord, our Lord. We've, I used to have family members say, Lordy, 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 Lordy. Okay, I, what does that, that's not how majestic is your name. I want to know what name it is that in Hebrew, so that I can make that application, what makes the name of God so majestic? We're going to talk about that. When you see all that God's done, Psalms 8 goes on to say, when I consider the heavens, when I consider the moon, when I consider the stars, when I'm outside just looking around, who are we, God, that you are mindful of man? Who are we that you would care anything about us? And we just have an inability. Come on, we have an inability to explain God. 
in the English language especially, we just have an inability to understand him. But let's just say this, that's no excuse for not working on knowing him more. Just because we have the inability to understand him, and Psalms 8 talks about how, oh my goodness, look at all of this, your creation. Why do you care about us, mere humans? And I can tell you why, because his name is a lot of what we could see why. Here's why. He's way bigger than any situation you'll find yourself in. Whatever, you're, whatever you've dealt with this week, God's bigger. And you need a name that you can claim for your life because he cares about you. He loves you. The names of God are given to help us see God way more defined, more clear. As we read today's modern translations in English, and you're getting the name God, and you're you're understanding that we read the name God and we read the name Lord, you've got to know that wasn't the name that was given and that you're reading in Hebrew. The problem is we don't read Hebrew. So there's 80 different names of God in the Old Testament. Now, we're not going to spend time covering all of those, and and that's why we gave you the handout. But I want to talk about 10, and I'm not talking about them all tonight, but I want to set up the 10 we'll be talking about. Paul writes in his letter to the church at Philippi, in Philippians 3.10, it says that our righteousness is from God, and it is received by our faith. So our righteousness, now this is salvation, But us being in right standing is from God. God sent Jesus. So our right standing is from God. And we we can get that, obtain that through our faith in God. Here's what I can tell you. We're spending a year talking about faith. How much more can our faith grow when we understand the names of God? We've got to know him. And we've got to know all we can about him. And it's important that we know him. So it says in Philippians 3.10, our righteousness is from God by our faith. And then it says that I may know him, that I may know him. The names of God that we're studying is so that we can know him more. I just want to know him more. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want to know him more. I was talking to Bert because we sent the text out that we were going to start this tonight. And Bert said, oh, man, this is so exciting. This is so exciting. He was so excited about it. And I loved his excitement because we don't know all that we really can about him. And and when I, I study this, I'm like, man, I thought I knew God and now I'm knowing him more. I want to know him more. And I know that we're doing this on a Wednesday night. You're coming because you want to know him more. Praise God. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here for the first part of of this series. And I'm glad Bert wants to hear about it. I pray everybody else wants to hear about it. it. I don't want it to be boring. I want it to be educational, but I want it to be intimate. I want it to be something that we can grow in our knowledge of who God is, and so that we can understand more of him. It's important that we know that God is a multifaceted being. He is 
way bigger than what I think we even understand. And we, we have trouble wrapping our mind around that. Where we get in trouble is when we wrap our mind around one characteristic or just one aspect of God. And when you say God, a lot of people see him different than what someone else would see him. Even in church. If you just got healed, you're going to see God as a healer. If you just were in this situation where you, you needed peace, you're going to see him as an all-loving, all-encompassing, peaceful God that, that provided peace in the midst of a storm. See, what, whatever you've dealt with, you'll see him this way. And what we oftentimes get caught up on is this one characteristic of God. I pray this will open it up to where you see God in a way bigger, way bigger aspect, a bigger understanding. How is it that we can know God? So I ask you some questions tonight. Is God male or is he female? Well, he's the completeness of both. Is God judgment or is he grace? Yes. He's both. Is God loving or is he severe? Yes. He can be severe and is loving and he can be loving severe. I mean, I'm, is our relationship with God based on work or based on faith? We've talked a lot about that this year. Yes. See, we, we just get caught up on one area, and our world wants to say, well, if God's all love, then he would never punish or discipline. Well, wait a minute here. The Bible answers all these questions, and we, have a, a, we just don't understand the full encompassing, the full picture of who God is. And so this study will help us get there. We're just trying to separate God into a little box. And, and, and it's trying to separate wet from water. You just can't do it. It's hard to wrap our mind around, but God encompasses all. We get in trouble if we get tunnel vision. And so tonight, I just want to have a little Bible study. Not, not just here on Wednesday night, but here's the cool thing. You know that this is the first time we've done this, but our young people in children's church are going to be studying the names of God the week after we do. And so I, I encourage you, hear all parents, hear what we're studying so that next week when they come home, you're not lost. You know and you can answer some of their questions because they may not get as in-depth we do, but they'll get the understanding of all the names of God. And so I, I just want you to know we're going to be engaged in this for a few weeks and it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Here we go. The first four words we read in the Bible. In the beginning, God. Now, in the Hebrew, there are two words that are used as a foundation, if you will, of who God is. In fact, if you have your sheets, you'll see the first name is either El Elohim, or Jehovah, and there's different, different things that come after that, but you see that real consistent in all the names that are on there. Elohim is not the most frequently used name, but it is used 2,570 times in the Word. 
Kind of cool. Jehovah or Yahweh. Same, same exact word is the most frequently used name for God in the Bible. And it is used 6,823 times. Now, there are two root words here, and all the names used for God in the Bible start with Elohim, El, or Jehovah, or Yahweh. Some scholars say that the true name of God is Elohim or Jehovah. That's the foundation, if you will. I'm not caught up on that's not the true name. That is the true name of God. But then it's followed by the attribute, but it was still in the name. It was still in the name. So some will say, well, that's not the way it was pronounced. Let me just tell you, I'm going to have a real hard time speaking in my southern Missouri (laughs) dialect a Hebrew name for God. And so if you want to come up and correct me, I'll receive it. But I do expect to use you each week to say it correctly. So just so we get on the same page here, uh, I I know that Elohim is probably not correct. It's more like uh, uh, Elohim. I'm not doing that every time. When people see my... When people see my name, Ashley, if they know me, they know I'm not a girl. But if they don't, and I get a lot of phone calls, is Miss Ashley Ellison there? And I said, you have reached him in my lowest voice that I I can't. See, when you start to know God, you need to not get caught up on the, the dialect it will be, you, you need to get caught up on understanding what that name means. Yeah. That's the important part. So I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to pronounce all these in Hebrew correctly. Please just give me a little bit. I'm asking for it on the front end, a, a little bit of grace here. I'm going to do my best. But some will say that these names that we're going to be talking about are titles and they're not a name. Let me spend just a second here. A lot of people call me pastor. And that is a title, but you know when they say, hey, pastor, they're using that as a name for me. Sometimes they say, Pastor Ashley. And when they do, I still respond to that because I know they're referring to a name. Well, it's a title. Okay, yes. But it's also used as a name. And I want you to get what we're talking about tonight because it's very important that you understand that. Elohim means mighty, strong. Mighty, strong. It means creator. It means governing power, all-powerful. In the beginning, Elohim. Creative, governing, all-powerful God. In the beginning was Elohim. Jehovah. The other foundational name is permanent existence. It means to live. It's the word given to Moses, I am that I am. Present and acceptable. Accessible. Near to who calls on him. Continually revealing himself. 
always has been, no beginning and no end. Okay, when you start going to all of these definitions, you're like, well, that's what Jehovah means? It is. That's what Elohim means? It is. And there's so much right there, and then we're just going to narrow it down to God. What I think is really important, because we're missing something in the English language, that we're missing some attributes of the name. And from these two root word, words come all the names of God. Elohim and Jehovah. What is important and what we need to look at is these 10 names that we're going to be studying were given based on different situations people found themselves in. And they explained to them what they were in need of. So as you hear some of these today and over the next few weeks, I want to make sure that you get what we're talking about to make the application of realizing that's who God is for you in your life. Don't just look at this as a history lesson. I mean, there's 80 different names here, and all of them were pending as how they were seeing God for their situation. So we're going to look into that. I want you to know, whatever situation you find yourself in, the Almighty has been and always will be right there. He's Jehovah. And whatever situation you find yourself in, he's there for your situation, and he's Elohim. He's almighty. He's all-powerful for whatever you're in need. He's the stronger one in any situation. And you need to see God in your situation. I want to encourage you. Learn the meaning of the name of God for your situation. Don't get caught up on trying to say the name correctly. I mean, if you ask me to say it, and then you ask uh, um, one of the Snellgroves to say it, it's going to be different. They're, they're from a different part of the country. Just know it's not going to sound the same, and you've got to be okay with that. You need to get the meaning. You need to get the purpose. You need to get the nature, the authority, the character that God is trying to portray in that name. All right, so over the next few weeks, here are the 10 Old Testament names that we're going to use and we're going to study over the next few weeks. Number one is Adonai. Now, we'll break this down more next week. It's used 300 times in the Old Testament. Adonai means master, means Lord, means owner. And we've got to learn to understand Adonai. He is the owner. You surrender your life to the Lord and you give him lordship. What does that mean? That means I give him his right place because he's owner. All of the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Now, understand that. He's the owner. He is the one who is from the beginning He is the creator. He's mighty and strong. He is the one who has all of this. Okay, when we understand Adonai, we understand that he is everything. Well, here's what happens. We start going through life and thinking that we're the owners of things. We start going through life thinking that life's about us and what we need to do. And I understand that because I I have a lot of responsibility with the things that I own. So the things that, and I know Melanie's going, okay, don't teach all this. I'm doing this next week. But here's the thing. I have responsibility for the things at my house. You know, if I go over to your house, I'm not thinking or worried about one thing that's got to be taken care of there. I don't even think about it. Why? Because I'm not owner there. 
So I, I'm concerned with what I own. But if we could get to a place of understanding who Adonai is, then we could get to a place of understanding he's the owner and he's given us to manage. That's right. wow. And he's got every answer for whatever we're facing. Yeah. And so we've got to know what Adonai means. We, he's got it. He's the owner. He's got this. We start freaking out about what's going on in the government. Here's what I can tell you. I don't serve the government. I serve God. Therefore, he's the owner. Well, what, I've just got to learn how to live and what I need to do down here. Based on a government that can be in tyranny, can be frustrating, can be no help. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I'm not dependent upon them as owning all my stuff. No, they're trying to. But God is the owner. And so I... I've got to keep in mind all the time. Number two, Jehovah Jireh. Used eight times in Scripture. means the self-existent one. Now, it also, if we want to give a real definition here, it's God will provide. Is God to you Jehovah Jireh? Well, I just don't know. I mean, my employees or my boss is just not taking care of me or my employees, they just aren't showing up or, or they're, they're fighting all the time or whatever. I mean, everybody here that's a boss has to deal with some type of an employee. <laughs> I understand that. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Here's what you got to know. God is my provider. Nothing. They don't look to me as their provider. They look to God. I'm just, they're praying that I'm going to be used by God to do what God is wanting to use me. The boss is just a funnel for God to provide you stuff. Your job's just a funnel for God to provide it. And if it's not there this week, it'll be there somewhere else next week. God's my provider. I don't sit here and live all bent up. If I lose my job next week, you've got to know God will provide another one the following week. Why? Because he's my provider. And the Bible says, a man that don't work, don't eat. So I just go to work and I'm telling you, I'm going to be provided for. And we get caught up on so-and-so. If I don't do this, I'm not going to be provided for. God is your provider. And you want to make sure that you're in line with him and know who Jehovah Jireh is. Number three, Jehovah Tsaba. Now, you can take the T out in some dialects and some you leave it in. But it's T-S-A-B-A, Jehovah Tsaba. That means the Lord of hosts, the Lord our warrior. It means that God is commander-in-chief. This is a military word. God is commander-in-chief. And he's got your battle all planned out. Well, you, some of y'all are facing some battles in life. Maybe with kids. Maybe kids that are not doing what they need to be doing right now. Maybe it's with relatives. Maybe it's at work. I don't know what it is. I just feel like I'm always in a battle. You need a commander-in-chief for that battle. Jehovah to Saba. Number four, Jehovah Shalom. God is peace. God is peace. He is perfect peace. And because he is perfect, then he is the best peace that can come. Because he says and does the perfect thing at the perfect time. Because he's perfect. He's the course of peace in your life. Jehovah Shalom. Number five, Jehovah Rohi. God is my shepherd. The Lord, our shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. 
You've heard that. We've read that. We memorized that. And Jehovah-Rohi is what is being referred to. The primary meaning of this as Jehovah-Rohi is to feed or to lead to pasture. Come on, God is leading you to what you are to be eating, to what you are to be feeding on. Jehovah Nisi, number six. He is my banner. I'm not fighting, I'm not moving, I'm not operating in life based on the name Ashley Ellison. I am operating on the name that's above every other name, the name that God gave, and he is my banner, Jehovah Nisi. And so if God is my banner, then I can go through life knowing that he is in front of me. I'm going with his name first. And whatever I'm dealing with, he is my banner. I don't have to put another one up front. It's him. We get this messed up a lot, and we put our name in front of him. And we try to make our name a banner. He is our banner. We'll talk more about that. Number seven, Jehovah, let me say this right, Makedesh, Makedesh, 700 times in the Old Testament. Now, another way you can say it is Jehovah, Mekedeshakum. You you can look that up and say it yourself. The Lord who sanctifies or makes holy. See, I'm set apart and you're set apart. Why? Because of God. He set us apart and made us holy for his use. Be holy as I am holy. You can only do that because of God. We're unrighteous, but because of God, we stand in righteousness. See, Jehovah Makedesh. Number seven. Number eight, Jehovah Rophi, the God who heals. He is our great physician. Now, there are two or three names that we could put in here and different things, because it's, but it all translates back to Rophi, R-O-P-H-E. He is the great physician. He restores us to heal us to cure us, to make us healthful, to make us whole. He is the God who heals. Number nine, Jehovah, Jehovah Sidkenu. Sidkenu. There's a T in there. It can be silent or you can be, once again, I'm not caught up on the dialect. But Sidkenu, Jehovah Sidkenu. God is right, he is true, and he is perfect. See, without God, there is no righteousness. And so he doesn't only make us righteous, what it's saying is he is righteous. He is right. He is good all the time. People have a problem with the goodness of God. They don't understand how good God is because they refer to themselves as, well, I'm not good, so obviously I'm serving God. He can't be all good. God is all good. He is all right. He is always in right standing with himself and with us. We're the ones that mess this up. And when you understand Jehovah Sidkenu, you understand the righteousness of God. And number 10, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Translated as God Almighty. Used 48 times in the Old Testament. He is all sufficient, 
Almighty. The name speaks of God's ultimate power over all, the Mighty One. Now, let me just tell you, after we get through with all 10, we're going to have one more. And the last one that we're going to do is what you find so much in reference to Jesus. And we're going to finish with Emmanuel. He is with us. He is with us. We've got to spend one week talking about that. Church names are way, way more important, way more important than a Hebrew name that you cannot pronounce. It's the meaning behind the name. See, it's a game changer when you start to know God based on the Hebrew name that was given to him, and you're not just saying God. We've got to learn this. Let me give you one scenario ending in this. Dad goes to work and comes home and teaches his kid. Maybe you dads have done this. Dad goes to work, comes home and teaches his kid. Okay, son, daughter, I went to work because there's a call on my life to go to work. And the reason I go to work is to provide everything that our family needs. Do you see how a lot of times we get caught up on something that sounds right? But actually we forget that God is our provider. And so I, I, I was talking to Tim about this message, and he was saying when he was younger, and Tim Brooks is our pastor from Hot Springs, and he was saying when I was younger and my kids were still at home, they were like, Dad, why do you have to go to work? Why do you have to go to work? And a lot of kids will ask Dad that. Why do you have to go to work? Well, because I have everything we have here is because I go to work, and I provide for my family. And he started to study the names of God, and he went back to his kids and said, listen, I want you to know I'm sorry. I have explained this wrong to you. This has nothing to do with me going to work. It has all to do with me recognizing who God is. God is the provider, and I line myself up with his name, and he provides, and all I do by going to work is provide him a channel to be who he said he is. And so I want to make sure as we study these names that we see God in every situation that we are in as who he is based on our situation. Yes, you go to work, but not to get a paycheck. Well, I go to work for a paycheck. I go to work for God to be able to be my provider because his word defines who he is. And as I learn more about who he is, then I can know Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the godly Run to that name and are saved. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.